Beast Watch News, watching the rising beast of Revelation. Jerusalem's Temple Mount Institute and the Sanhedrin began coordinated pressure campaigns this week to build the third temple and bring the nations of the world under the Noahide laws. Unfortunately, violence in America last weekend played into their hands and the agenda of the now fast-rising mystery Babylon, and they made use of it. From Breaking Israel News... The Temple Institute has released a powerful new video to awaken world Jewry and reframe this traditional period of mourning into one of preparation for the rebuilding of the Third Temple. Although millions of Jews worldwide will fast on the 9th of Av, August 11th, in mourning over the destruction of the two temples, for too many Jews, the concept of rebuilding the temple is like a faraway dream. These are the people the Temple Institute wishes to awaken from their slumber. Another way of putting this is that Jerusalem, which is fast rising to her future reputation as Mystery Babylon, is fomenting a global Jewish uprising for their Messiah to build what they believe will be the third and final temple of their God. Arut Sheva put it this way, Why mourn the temple? We've had the Temple Mount for 52 years. The title insinuates the message of the article, which is that the Jews need to move forward with building their temple. Ezekiel is clear that the third temple will be built by a Messiah. But which Messiah? The Jewish and Christian messiahs are not the same person. The messiah of the Jews is a man in the flesh. The true messiah is the one who came to the earth as God in the flesh so he could die to restore the twelve tribes which includes the house of Israel's tribes back to the covenants of Abraham and Moses. He arose from the dead and ascended to his heavenly throne next to our father. His name is Yeshua. But the Jews will put their mortal Messiah on the throne within the coming profane temple and everyone will call him God except those who are the elect and who won't be deceived because Yahweh will spare them from that fate. Now back to the Breaking Israel News article which continues Tisha B'Av is not about just mourning it is about acting to bring the temple back to the world a house of prayer for all nations every year millions of Jews worldwide robotically observe the mourning rituals of the three weeks nine days and Tisha B'Av as if nothing has changed in the last century meanwhile we are losing our connection to the Temple Mount because most of Orthodox Jewry has ignored the fact that it has been in Jewish hands for five decades it's time to vote with our feet and send a clear message to the world that we truly believe that the Temple Mount is ours and we truly hope and pray for a time of unparalleled world peace and harmony with the rebuilding of the Third Temple this new video is an emotional and visual tool to awaken world jewelry this Tishba of and have them internalize the message that the dream of 2,000 years is finally within our reach. What dream are they talking about? 2,000 years ago, in Yeshua's time, the Jews would not allow the nations to worship Yahweh. 
now they want to force the nations to worship their God the Jews refusal to allow the nations to worship Yahweh is against the law of Moses Exodus 12:49 and even Solomon's own prayer in 1 Kings 8 verses 41 to 43 that says Yahweh's house should always be a place for gentiles people from the nations to come make covenant with Yahweh why wouldn't the Jews allow this back then it was because they wanted Israel to be restored and established with only their four tribes. Today, they still want to displace and replace the twelve tribes with only the house of Judah. And this, my friends, is what makes this third temple so dangerous. Not only because they will have a man on Yahweh's throne, but they will have relegated the house of Israel to Gentile status forever instead of allowing the father to fulfill his promises about regathering and restoring all 12 tribes they will literally be making Yahweh into a liar a God who breaks his promises today Jerusalem now sees the opportunity to not only establish Israel with only their four tribes but also to rule over the nations this opportunity is unique in the history of the earth in Yeshua's day ruling over the nations would not have been possible because of being under the heavy hand of the Romans but today's United Nations hand is not so harsh yes lots of rhetoric and anti-Jewish comments and rulings coming from United Nations organizations such as UNRWA but words are all it is damaging yes ignorant yes and words that wars can be made from yes it should not be this way yes but the United Nations which holds Israel as a vassal a subordinate nation along with all the other member nations is not the harsh overlord that the Romans were so now Jerusalem is making the most of the situation to garner world support from the nations to finally get what they want after 2000 years and the nations are going to fall for it when they do they will heap destruction on themselves and they will reap that destruction while the Temple Institute is busy inciting Orthodox Jews specifically Orthodox Jews in this article to prepare for the coming temple the Sanhedrin was busy calling on Jerusalem's mayoral candidates to prepare for the building of the temple in another breaking Israel news article we learn that Jerusalem will have a new mayor next week and more than any other election this year according to this article will decide the religious nature of Israel's capital the nation Sanhedrin has addressed a letter to the two candidates emphasizing the role of the third temple in municipal current policy candidate Moshe Leon has previously been allied with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and Ofer Berkovich is the founder and chairman of Jerusalem's Hitoberut which means awakening in Jerusalem a non-aligned political Zionist political movement according to the article Leon is a religious Jew while Berkovich is secular in fact Berkovich perceives Haredi politicians as having a negative impact the religious Jewish aspect of being the mayor Jerusalem was amplified to an even greater degree in an open letter that the Sanhedrin sent to the two candidates the Sanhedrin wrote 
We call on the candidates as well as the voters to make choices based on truth and on the main aspect of Jerusalem, which is the building of the temple. Avoiding this essential issue endangers the existence of the city and its identity as the capital of Israel, thereby endangering Israel itself. Every Jew and all of humanity are commanded to ascend to the Temple Mount. We expect you as candidates to relate to this role the city has as home of the Temple. This subject is not only simply a matter of religious belief, but must also be expressed in political, fiscal, and educational terms. The Sanhedrin emphasized the importance of Jerusalem in the world. Jerusalem, in its entirety, is sanctified as holy, and is the spiritual center of the world, the throne of God. We urge you to make public your plans relating to this aspect of the city. There are several ways this can be accomplished, such as festivals of holiness to replace those of impurity. Well, here's what Yahweh, Yeshua, says about His throne. Ezekiel 43, starting at verse 4. As the glory of the Lord entered the temple by the gate facing east, the Spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. While the man was standing beside me, I heard one speaking to me out of the temple, and he said to me, Son of man, this is the place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet, where I will dwell in the midst of the people of Israel forever. And the house of Israel shall no more defile my holy name, neither they nor their kings, by their whoring and by the dead bodies of their kings at their high places, by setting their threshold by my threshold and their doorposts beside my doorposts with only a wall between me and them. They have defiled my holy name by their abominations that they committed. So I have consumed them in my anger. In verse 7, Son of man, this is the place of my throne. And here is what Yahweh says about Lucifer, whose son of perdition will sit on a throne in a temple on Temple Mount, Isaiah 14:13. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God, I will set my throne on high, I will sit on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. What is the Mount of the Assembly? Temple Mount. That mountain was called Temple Mount by the prophet Micah in chapter 3 verse 12. It is usually translated as the mountain of the house. The house being Yahweh's house. Why will Lucifer be able to get so far as to seat himself on Yahweh's throne? It will be because he has been thrown to the earth. Revelation 12.9 And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who was called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Satan's rage will fuel what the Sanhedrin and the Rabbinate, Temple Institute, the Temple Mount activists, and other Jerusalem leaders are trying to accomplish now. Their accomplishments will only succeed when Satan the dragon has been thrown down to the earth. And that is when Jerusalem will mature fully in her mystery Babylon harlotry. At this moment, she is still in the process of getting dressed in her harlot's attire, so to speak. Her date, the dragon, hasn't arrived to take her to the party yet. Now back to the article.
The Sanhedrin has already begun working toward this end, holding full-dress reenactments of the temple service before the biblical feasts. Another glorious example of this was the World Creation Concert held the week before Rosh Hashanah, which several representatives from South American countries attended. The Sanhedrin emphasized that the city will change when the temple is built, requiring massive improvements to its infrastructure. Jerusalem must be prepared to host the millions of pilgrims who will attend the feast when the third temple is built, the letter said. We also call on the government to prepare a center for an international body to replace the United Nations and the Hague, one that will be rooted in the Bible. Jerusalem's elections next week could foretell the outcome of Israel's September election. Will Israel go the way of a religious state or remain a democracy? We will have to wait and see, of course. The Temple Institute and Sanhedrin are doing everything they can to sway both elections. Here is another breaking news article about the Third Temple. And if you're beginning to wonder why these articles only appear on Breaking Israel News and almost nowhere else, you're wise to do so. Breaking Israel News is the mouthpiece of the Sanhedrin. The false prophets of the New World Order need a way to inform the world of their intentions and Breaking Israel News is it. Now, to the article, Trump could initiate building of Third Temple as head of Edom. Jewish sources hint that the alliance between the U.S. and Israel is the prophetic end of days coming together of Esau and Jacob as a prelude to the building of the third temple. Some experts believe that President Trump fulfills many of the requirements for the leader of Edom that will make this happen. Wait a minute. First... There is nothing whatsoever in scripture that says Esau will be restored to Jacob. Instead, all through the scriptures regarding Esau's descendants, the Edomites, we learn they will be utterly destroyed. The Great Tribulation is the final battle in the 4,000-year-old war instigated and fomented by Esau against Jacob. Why does Judaism teach that Esau and Jacob will come together? It is because about 2200 years ago, the Jews forcibly converted to Judaism all the Edomites captured in the final war between Judah and the Edomites. The revenge of the Edomites is the same as the council of Balaam, who was an Edomite king, by the way, which was to make Yahweh's people curse themselves. Well, the Jews cursed themselves because Edomite theology is all through Judaism. And now, what about Trump? He's not Cyrus anymore, but Esau? Do these people just make up their theology as they go along? Back to the article. Two weeks ago, two religious Jews appeared before Rabbi Chaim Kanivsky, one of the most influential rabbis of this generation. The emissaries reportedly bore an inquiry from President Trump asking when the Messiah will arrive. The rabbi avoided answering the question, asking instead when the American Jews will come to live in Israel. Many were skeptical of the story, rejecting the idea that Trump, a Christian, would inquire from a Jewish rabbi concerning the Messiah. 
but Trump, as the non-Jewish leader of the U.S., has a prophesied role to play in the building of the temple, and it was for this reason he inquired. Trump wanted to know when he will be called upon to perform this Role. I recently featured articles in Beast Watch News stating that Trump is now a Judaism convert. Either Knievsky doesn't know this or is not admitting it yet. So to cover for Trump, perhaps he is being called Esau, as if this is a hint of his true status within Judaism to hide the truth. No one really knows who the descendants of Esau are that were converted 2200 years ago. Esau is hiding like the tares Yeshua told the disciples about. In fact, they are the tares. Perhaps the rabbi is hiding Trump's new Judaism status under the guise of Esau. By the way, hiding in wait is what Esau does really well. Just read the book of Jasher to find out that he killed Nimrod by laying in wait in the bulrushes. Nimrod was so shocked by Esau's attack that he lost his head, literally. Esau was the first beheader in history, and most people don't even know that. And now, here they are, masquerading as descendants of Jacob. In this article, Rabbi Hillel Weiss explained about Trump's and the nation's role in building the temple. The Jews will do the actual building of the third temple, but in order for the third temple to be a house of prayer for all nations, the nations must have a part in its creation, according to Weiss. The troubles that are facing the world today are issues that can only be addressed by a higher level of international discourse and cooperation. The effort to erase national identities and national borders is diametrically opposed to this, and it is this new world order that Trump is really fighting. The solution is the third temple as a house of prayer for all nations and the organization of 70 nations both of which require nations to express their unique identities Rabbi Weiss emphasized that the concept of international cooperation is based in the universal covenant that God made with Noah which established the 70 nations and requires the participation of all the nations. He further said Trump needs to take his role as the leader in the universal return to this covenant. He began this by rejecting the anti-Bible United Nations, but just as Cyrus did, he needs to turn the world towards the temple. Just as Abraham pleaded with Hashem, that's the name that they call Yahweh, in order to save the non-Jews of Sodom and Gomorrah, we are pleading and praying that Trump will turn the nation, the nations rather, toward Jerusalem for their sake. The Midrash teaches that the non-Jews are the maidens of Jerusalem who have taken an oath to initiate the building of the third temple and after they begin we will join in their effort according to Rabbi Schwartz. Trump is certainly moving in this direction he says. Rabbi Schwartz cites the Song of Solomon chapter 2 verse 7 which says I adjure you O daughters of Jerusalem by the gazelles or the does of the field that you not stir up or awaken love until it pleases nothing in the Song of Solomon speaks of Gentiles building a temple but as I hinted at earlier the Jews just seem to make it up as they go along. Now in this section we read Christians repenting for Rome destroying the second temple. 
Another rabbi who believes that the U.S. president will play a major role in the construction of the Third Temple is Rabbi Yosef Berger, the rabbi of King David's tomb on Mount Zion. Rabbi Berger emphasized that it is essential that President Trump as a Christian take a role in the building of the Third Temple. Do these people know their history? The subtitle of this article implies that Christians destroyed the Second Temple. Christians did not destroy the Temple. What you need to understand about this is that the Jews are blaming the House of Israel. They know we're trapped in the House of Israel. They don't want you to understand where you're trapped and they don't want to let you out of there but they want to blame the house of Israel for the second temple's destruction in their minds if the house of Israel had not attempted to return the temple would not have been destroyed and they could have continued with their plan 2,000 years ago to establish Israel under their four tribes called the house of Judah. Mystery Babylon by the end of days will have been fueled by this desire to rule over the world from Jerusalem and to establish Jerusalem and Israel under only the house of Judah. Rabbi Berger quoted Rabbi Baya ben Asher ibn Halawa. I don't know who that is. A 13th century Spanish biblical commentator it says here. Also known as Rabbeinu Bahaye. The medieval scholar wrote that the first and second temples were built by the descendants of King David, but in the future, the third temple will be built by descendants of Edom. Rabbi Berger emphasized that these sources state explicitly that the third temple will be built by the descendants of Rome, i.e. Christianity. Last week I explained to you that Believers in Yeshua got trapped inside the entity called the Catholic Church in Rome. Please go to that article from last week. Rabbi Berger said, Rome destroyed the Second Temple, so Rome's descendants, the Christians, are going to amend this by taking part in bringing the Third Temple. Well, sir, only if they are not the elect and are deceived by you. Like Cyrus, Trump's connection to the Messiah is that he will play a role in one of the major functions of the Messiah. He will pave the way for building the third temple. Trump will not personally merit building the Trump the temple, he said. Like Cyrus, he will pave the way for men who will begin the construction, and when the time is right, the third temple will descend from heaven. That's right out of Revelation, and they don't even know that that's uh, at least more than a thousand years away. The new Jerusalem is Yahweh's temple. His heavenly throne is in that temple right now as I record this. And I guarantee that he won't turn his throne over to Lucifer. No leader in history has recognized Jerusalem as the capital of the Jews and Israel, he pointed out. He has already created a great tikkun or reparation for the Christians through his unprecedented relationship with Jerusalem. Trump is the representative of Edom that will perform that final historic reparation for his entire nation by building the temple. Furthermore, on September 26th, we have this article. The Sanhedrin will host the first conference of the Organization of Seventy Nations at which representatives of several nations will attend. The conference is to bring together all of the nations under the common belief in the sanctity of the Bible and the sanctity of all mankind. The members of the organization agree to the sanctity of Jerusalem and the temples as well as the sanctity of God's covenant established with all of mankind through Noah. 
Every nation and ethnic group who sees itself as part of humanity and therefore accepts responsibility to join in a universal covenant of brotherhood of peace is invited to make to take their place in this organization of 70 nations. Several nations have already expressed their intention to attend. Representing Guatemala, Vice President of the Republic of Guatemala, Jefeth Ernesto Cabrera Franco, as well as several of his advisors. There will also be official delegations from El Salvador, Mexico, Honduras, Bolivia, Trinidad, Tobago, and Costa Rica. Several of these delegates are parliamentarians of their respective countries. Well, you know, meager beginnings and all that. Is it Yahweh's timing or do we have a while to go before Mystery Babylon begins to govern the entire world or at least try doing that and gets destroyed by missiles for it? Well, no one knows. One reason for this is because no one really knows when the Jubilees are. If 2017 and 2018 was indeed the 120th Jubilee, we can expect hell on earth to break out sometime between now and 2067. That's almost 50 years. Yahweh's promise to Noah was that mankind would get only 120 jubilee cycles or 6,000 years before he stopped wrangling with us. I find it interesting that the days of Noah include something almost no one saw coming Noahide laws mandated by a government upon all mankind and here we thought the days of Noah was about high-tech DNA tampering the appearance of aliens and RFID chips folks if this is the time for all this to start happening DNA tampering the appearance of aliens and RFID chips are the least of your worries these Noahide laws are killers and now speaking of killers there were four mass shootings this past weekend in the United States one in Dayton another in El Paso Chicago had one of its worst death tolls in 2019 from shootings 59 people shot seven dead of the multiple shootings reported in the Windy City over the weekend two were said to have been mass casualty incidents in the same police district the Dayton shooter killed and wounded 36 people outside a Dayton Ohio bar the suspect in the El Paso shooting identified as Patrick Crucius 21 told investigators following his arrest that he allegedly set out to kill as many Mexicans as he could according to authorities this is all over the news so I know you are likely aware of the details no need to cover those here what I want to draw your attention to however is this headline from breaking Israel news Sanhedrin attributes mass shooting epidemic to lack of adherence to Noah Hyde laws why is this so important this is the first time the Sanhedrin has made use of another nation's crisis to promote the Noahide laws and not just any nation either America's crisis other nations experience more violence than this every single day but Jerusalem is not using those nations to support subjugating non-Jews to the Noahide laws why America then it is because one more Jews live in America than any other nation on earth other than Israel and two America is Israel's sister nation who is also called the daughter of Babylon in the end of days because America will let the mother of harlots Jerusalem lead her into worshiping the Antichrist 
Rabbi Pincus Winston's view, among other statements made in this article, is that violence is natural and consistent with the nature of man. The rabbis have taught that it is natural for Esau to hate Jacob. Here we go again. Hashem just holds it back as long as the Jews have a purpose where they are. As long as they have a purpose, they are God's emissary and he protects them. As soon as that purpose is over, the protection ends as well. Anti-Semitism is Jews being persecuted by God through man. Anti-Semitism is God raising his voice at the Jewish people because they don't listen to his quieter voice. Winston equates every Jewish battle as a fight between Esau and Jacob. He is forgetting that David's kingdom is still fighting that 2,900 year old civil war from the time of Rehoboam and Jeroboam, which was started by Solomon, who went into idolatry and whose son upheld the idolatry and instigated the split in the kingdom. But he is right that Yahweh is raising his voice to the house of Judah and they're not listening Winston as a rabbi of course believes righteousness is found in Kabbalah and the Talmud now you and I know righteousness is attributed to us because we believe Yahweh and we believe in Yahweh in other words we take Yahweh at face value and through faith alone just as our forefather Abraham did Whereas Rabbi Winston attributed the violence to the warring nature of Esau against Jacob, Rabbi Hillel Weiss had another take. This is a sin that cuts across all boundaries and politics, Rabbi Weiss emphasized. The prohibition against spilling blood is one of the seven Noahide laws. Governments and leaders, including the United Nations, have ignored this, treating abortion and euthanasia as if they were positive acts. And, as always, the what to do about the guns issue came up in this article. The rabbi noted that in some respects, biblical sources support personal ownership of weapons. In particular, the Philistines prevented any Jews from doing metalwork in order to exclude weapons from Israel. 1 Samuel 13:19. Care must be taken that a person does not see himself as the ruler, the ultimate authority, Rabbi Wise cautioned. This is a perverted understanding of the concepts of freedom and liberty. The basis of the Noahide laws is that Hashem, the name of their God, is one and only He has the authority to give life or take it away. And here he goes. Establishing a court system of justice is also one of the Noahide laws. It is incumbent upon the society to enforce this to prevent the spilling of blood. Gun ownership will no doubt be highly regulated worldwide by the Sanhedrin. The right to own and carry being expanded for some and curtailed for everyone else. Adding fuel to the Sanhedrin's rush to build the third temple and subjugate the world under Noahidism is the rampant speculation that Trump is preparing to replace Jordan's control of Temple Mount with Saudi Arabia. Those rumors are allegedly causing much anxiety in Amman. Those concerns are unlikely to have been laid to rest by a speech given this week to the United Nations Security Council by U.S. President Donald Trump's Mideast mediator, Jason Greenblatt, who talked up the potential for creative solutions to Jerusalem's status, 
that attempt to respect all three religions that cherish this incredible city, he said. Noting Jordan's dire economic situation, Al-Manasir said, Amman is under huge pressure by the United States, Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates to accept the American project. But noting that the Palestinians have rejected the deal and the Jordanian public opposes it, he added that basically Abdullah is trying to coordinate his position with that of another Arab nation that refuses the accord. The other nation with whom King Abdullah is trying to coordinate a position was not explicitly revealed, leading us to assume it is Egypt. Sha'at said that not only Jordan opposes the American plan, but Kuwait, Iraq, and other Arab states do as well. Saudi Arabia, more than Jordan, will be more cooperative with removing everything Islamic from Temple Mount and removing the Palestinians from the West Bank if it comes to that. Why? I'm going to tell you in a minute. Some observers may have noticed the growing effort by some Israeli governments and religious officials to remove the Dome of the Rock and Al-Aqsa Mosque from the Jerusalem skyline, not only erasing the holy site in official posters, banners, and educational material, but also physically removing the building itself. For instance, current Knesset member of the ruling Likud party, American-born Yehuda Glick, was also the director of the government-funded Temple Institute, which has created relics and detailed architectural plans for a temple that they hope will soon replace Al-Aqsa. Glick is also close friends with Yehuda Etzion, who was part of a failed plot in 1984 to blow up Al-Aqsa Mosque and served prison time as a result. Israel's agricultural minister, Uri Ariel, stated that the new Jewish temple must be built on the site where Al-Aqsa currently sits, as it is at the forefront of Jewish salvation. Since then, prominent Israeli politicians have become more and more overt in their support for the end of Jordanian-Palestinian sovereignty over the mosque compound, leading many prominent Palestinians to warn in recent years of plans to destroy the mosque. In recent years, a centuries-old effort by what was once a small group of extremists has gone increasingly mainstream in Israel, with prominent politicians, religious figures, and political parties advocating for the destruction of the Dome of the Rock and Al-Aqsa Mosque in order to fulfill a specific interpretation of an end-times prophecy that was once considered fringe among the practitioners of Judaism. Who has been the driving force behind setting Israel up to be attacked by the king of the north and generating the necessary atmosphere for the rise of Jerusalem as Mystery Babylon? U.S. President Donald Trump. What couldn't get done until Trump got into office is now getting done. Mint Press also says... While the push to destroy Al-Aqsa and replace it with a physical third temple has gained traction in Israel in recent years, this effort has advanced at a remarkably fast pace in just the past few weeks, owing to a confluence of factors. This article came out on June 24, 2019. While there have long been efforts to destroy the historic Al-Aqsa Mosque and the Dome of the Rock, recent weeks have seen a disturbing and dramatic uptick in incidents that suggest the influential groups in Israel that have long pushed for the mosque's destruction may soon get their way. You need to know that I disagree with this article's sentiments about the Dome of the Rock and the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Those will not be there in the millennium. The point that you need to understand, though, 
is just how quickly the push for the Jewish third temple is moving. Now let's understand why Saudi Arabia might be willing to allow the Jews to build their temple while Jordan is not. President Trump may be mulling the transfer of Temple Mount to Saudi Arabia for two reasons. One, because the Saudi military will cooperate with Israel's agenda against the Palestinians more than the Jordan Waqf does. That's because the Saudis don't care one hoot about the Palestinians and never have. And two, Trump wants to reopen the U.S. military base, the same base that the U.S. used for its war against Saddam Hussein in 1990. So, in exchange for more U.S. military support against the King of the North, Iran, the Saudis might just agree to allow the Third Temple to be built. After all, Mecca and Medina, the two most holy cities of Islam, and Jerusalem is their third holiest city, are in Saudi Arabia. I suspect, though, that the issue of Temple Mount will be settled through the Gog-Magog War, the U.S. helping Israel take control. According to EJMagnier.com, Iran is exposing its policy now, an eye for an eye. It is as prepared for war as the U.S., prepared for the absolute worst, as Trump has said. The U.S. is building up its military capability by reopening its air base in Saudi Arabia, the Prince Sultan Desert Base, the same base that the U.S. used for its war against Saddam Hussein in 1990. Iran is active with its allies, Palestinian groups, the Lebanese, Hezbollah, various Iraqi groups, and Yemeni allies to provide these with enough missiles to sustain a long war if needed, yet without obviously provoking it. The tie-in between doing what needs to be done to build the third temple and the coming war with Iran is critical. The King of the South Alliance, Israel, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Egypt, and the U.S., is playing into the politics of Temple Mount and creating the looming threat of a direct attack on Israel by Iran. And now, another piece of the Mystery Babylon puzzle has to do with the enormous amounts of merchandise that will flow into Jerusalem to build and maintain that temple. China's Haifa port project is helping this prophecy come to pass. Israel will need a large port to bring all those goods listed in Revelation. Guess who is building a huge port in Haifa? China! That may seem like it doesn't fit scripture, but it does. Here's why. Chinese companies are operating in Israel today in deals reaching more than $20 billion and more is on the way. So money is pouring into Israel that can be used to finance building the temple. And don't let them tell you that they need you to donate to building the temple. They already have enough money for that. Israel is outsourcing its national infrastructure, according to this article. Ports, highways, tunnels, power plants, food companies, to one single entity. The People's Republic of China, which will be one or possibly the way Jerusalem will be attacked and burned in one day. You see, Yahweh is setting this up. But the U.S. is worried about the China-Israel Haifa port. For the U.S., a Chinese incursion in Israel, which cooperates with Washington on some of the most sensitive national security issues, including Iran's regional activities and the ongoing fight against the Islamic State, is especially concerning. 
The Chinese management of the port was one of the issues that U.S. National Security Advisor John Bolton discussed with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu during his recent visit. The port is a frequent dock for the U.S. Sixth Fleet. And Washington is concerned that China will use the harbor to improve its standing in the Middle East and potentially gather intelligence on U.S. interests. China's economic campaign is underway as it builds up its military across the board. Beijing is, for the first time in the modern era, beginning to project its military power outside its own region, most notably building its first-ever overseas base in Djibouti on the Horn of Africa and adjacent to one of the world's most important oil transit choke points through the Bab al-Mandeb Strait. That base also happens to sit cheek by jowl with a U.S. base of about 4,000 people. It is a key hub in the U.S. drone wars in Somalia and Yemen. Yet the investments continue and despite U.S. concerns, the ultimate effect on U.S.-Israeli ties that both sides tout as unshakable may be muted. While some of the recent U.S. rhetoric about Chinese investment generally in Israel and ramifications for U.S.-Israel defense and intel ties strike me as overblown and likely to be exposed as hollow threats, I do think there is reason to be concerned about China managing a major port of call for the Sixth Fleet, a former U.S. official who worked on China issues and who requested anonymity to discuss the issue, told this author. This person noted that China's presence at Haifa was less a concern than its Djibouti base, but our closest friend in the region allowing Chinese management of a regular U.S. Navy port of call would definitely be a bitter pill, he said. The reality is that Trump will have to compromise on some things if he truly wants to be the greatest hero Israel has ever seen, the modern-day Cyrus-gone cooperative Esau, to build the Third Temple. It is a worry, though, as Under Secretary of Defense for Policy John Rood put it during a recent visit to Israel, China wants to own the road and wants to control the belt. Listen, no matter what this article says, Israel wants China's port and the Silk Road and the belt, too. In the end... Israel will receive that 200,000-man army that comes marching toward the great city to take captive any who are left after her destruction. Revelation 9.16 The number of mounted troops was twice 10,000 times 10,000. I heard their number, John reports. Be sure to return next week for more on the rise of Mystery Babylon. She is the one to watch now. Share this report with your family and friends too. And consider yourselves forewarned. That's it for this Beast Watch News update. This is Kimberly Rogers Brown signing off. Click over to BeastWatchNews.com for full comprehensive coverage of all the headlines fulfilling end of days Bible prophecy.